This is OBS Radio, a service of OBS International, a division of Greater Works Business Services. And a pleasant good evening to you. Uh, welcome to The Works. I'm Keith Williams, your host. And this is the podcast where we pretty much uh, talk about anything and everything. Uh, whether you're a business owner, you are into politics, um, self-health, whatever it may be, uh, this is a general interest talk show where we pretty much talk about anything and everything. And we have a very special guest with us today. Um, some of you uh, may or may not know uh, this uh, individual. Uh, he is a popular artist, uh, one half of the group known as Tag Team, very popular in the 90s. Uh, and we have uh, one of the members with us uh, today, uh, DC Glenn. What's going on? It, it is so great to uh, finally get a chance to uh, talk with you. Hey, man, you know how it goes. You know how uh, it goes. Thank you for that great introduction. I don't know about all that, but hey, I'll take it. Uh, you know, um, you know, I'm Gen X, and so I grew up listening to uh, uh, music from the 70s and 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. You know, and of course in the 90s, you know, was like the golden age of hip hop. Yeah, man. It was it was uh definitely I definitely feel blessed to have grown up in that era. Uh so for starters, uh tell everybody who you are. Okay, good evening everybody. My name is DC Glenn, aka DC the Brain Supreme of Tag Team half creator of the song whoop there it is and today i am very tired because i've been hustling this song for the last 30 years <laughs> and it don't stop it's my forever groundhog day but i have been so blessed and i have um curated my life in a way that I am masterful at many talents and I can't wait to share them with people because I've come up with a lot of practical solutions that might be the one thing that gets you to where you want to be in your life so whatever questions you have whatever um, you know things are bothering you or just you want to know things have at it because I've lived a full life and I can't way to talk about it so let's get it all right uh so first of all uh uh you are a uh well-renowned and respectable artist Mm -hmm. um very popular song you know you know that came out a one-hit wonder Mm -hmm. um how how did you get into the the music career and uh, what brought about the, the song, Whoop, There It Is? You know, how did that came about? Well, for the most part, I've been in the music my whole life. And, you know, it started when I was a young teenager. And, you know, one of the first 
songs that I ever listened to or the type of genre I started listening to is electronic music. You know, I heard the Rapper's Delight and stuff like that. And my father used to listen to all the 70s R&B artists. But when I heard Planet Rock, Pac Jam, Soul Sonic Force, stuff of that nature, that was the beginning of hip hop, the beginning of the B-Boy era. And I just became enthralled in all things hip hop, all things singing, all things singing in the band. I just became enthralled in music and everybody laughed at me and I just kept, kept going. And I just kept honing my talents, graduated high school, went to Sac State, got better at DJing, got better at rapping, got better at uh, put, making music and putting beats together and just got better at everything overall and um, finished up there and moved to Atlanta because Steve was down here going to the Art Institute. And we're making songs and I ended up working at a club called Magic City and uh, several of the biggest clubs in Atlanta in the late 80s and the 90s. So I was in a perfect position to test all the records that I would make at home on a drum machine. And that's kind of how it happened. I just, Woomp There It Is was a song that we made. We were in the Southeast, so the Southeast is all about up-tempo music and, you know, bass music. And we were hip-hop, so... I knew we were never going to be able to get out of the Southeast unless we made some some up-tempo stuff. And our first attempt was, Woomp, there it is. And, you know, my hubris as a young man, you know, I always thought it was going to be a big record, but I kind of stopped playing it. It was like 92. And in 93, I started playing it again, and one of the record reps was in the club that night, and he was like, what is that? And I was like, that's my new record, dog. He's like, give me that. Took it up to New York, gave it to Columbia Records. I was like, hey, I could do this with all the labels. So now I got all the labels talking to me about this song, Woomp, there it is. And people think, you know, tw you know, 30 years later, people think that it was this formula, this Ben Manhattan project. And it's just about, you know, a Friday night, guys chasing girls, drinking, having a good time. The same thesis of every country record, blues record, rock and roll record, hip hop record ever made. And... I'm talking to all these labels and they're not, they don't know what to do with it. Cause back then it was all only New York and LA and we're in Atlanta and I almost gave up and I was uh, told to call this gentleman named Al Bell. For those who know Al Bell is, he was uh, in the beginning of soul music in the seventies. There were three labels. You'll understand this. There was a uh, Philly international. There was Motown with Barry Gordy and there was Stax records with Al Bell. And Al Bell, the year before, put out a record called Daisy Dukes, and it went gold. So I was like, hey, man, I can do, we, I can do that. I can go gold. And I called him. took him about two weeks to call me back. And, you know, he called me, and I was like, look, dude, I got a hit record. I've tested it. It is a street record in Atlanta. Everybody loves it. You're going to make a lot of money. He was like, okay, let's do it. I was like, uh-uh, no, 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 no. Don't play with me. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, man, you ain't even heard the record. He was like, brother, I don't have to hear the record. I hear it in your spirit. Let's agree to agree. And let's get this thing moving. And I gave my two weeks in Magic City. Signed a messed up record contract. And in a month and a half, tag team was platinum. And the rest is history. Wow. And, you know, and I noticed, you know, when I listened to it that, you know, it has some of that uh, le electronic flavor in it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you mentioned that, uh, you know, you used to listen to uh, electronic music. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, some, it's some elements of that, you know, and, and as well as, uh, you know, the hip hop part. Mm-hmm. Uh, any artists that, any artists that you look up to? Not up? really, because I don't listen to music anymore. After I stopped DJing, it's all about SEO and life and public, you know, being my own publicist and learning how to code and all the things of that nature. I listen to old music. I listen to gospel music. But once I stopped DJing, I stopped DJing in 2015. I just don't listen to music anymore. And it's one of those things where um, I've been a DJ all my life. So there are some certain fundamental things about DJing that's not going to change. But I get to use all those gut instincts in everyday life. Because if you're not a good DJ and you don't keep the dance floor packed, see, people don't even know about a dance floor these days. But back then, if you didn't keep the dance floor packed, you wasn't a good DJ, right? That has to come from reading the room. That comes from reading humanity. That comes from having a system of how you play the records, how you entertain people, how you create the mood and how you make your audience trust you to play new records. All those things that I became masterful at over the years. And that never leaves you. So I apply, I'm actually always DJing in my life because I'm figuring things out. I'm keeping the dance floor packed. And that's the key, right? If I'm, we go on the road every weekend, I'm in front of 20,000 people, 10,000 people. You better know how to read that room or you might be in front of 100 people. You better know how to read that room and still give them everything you got. And when you do that, they appreciate it. They appreciate it so much. And that's what I do. Has DJing uh, changed over the years or is practically the same? No, it's changed. Because before it was about dancing. And before, before you have to be a good DJ to keep the party going. In the beginning of hip hop, there was one question. Can you rock a party? Can you move a crowd? what I live my life by. So now, I mean, you know, DJing, cats is playing records, but they're not using their fundamentals. They're not, they don't understand the structure of music. They don't understand that if there's a four, you know, measure introduction, then you have to wait four measures if you have an eight measure introduction on the record that you're bringing in. You go, are you, when are you going to come in on the bridge? Are you going to just throw the song in? Are you going to come in in the middle of a verse? That's what they do. But I was always smooth. I always knew when to bring the record in, how to bring it out to where you would elevate the energy level and take people on a roller coaster ride. And by the end of the night, in my clubs, there was going to be weave on the floor, glass was going to be broken, throw up everywhere, heels broke. And that's when you know you've done a good job. <laughs> and all the alcohol in the club has been sold. It's more to it than that. You got to make yourself invaluable. And that's what I've always done. That's the lessons and, you know, the life lessons that I teach people. You know, I wasn't just a DJ. I was your light guy, your sound guy. I did your graphic arts. I did your radio spots. I did your voiceover. I did your fashion photography using the women so we could have nice flyers. I did all of that. You had to hire 10 people to do everything that I did in one person. You make yourself invaluable. You do that. 
worst case scenario, your transition to your transition to the next thing is easier because you've acquired tools in your toolbox to help you become ambidextrous in life where nothing can stop you. And that's what I've done. Spent a lifetime learning. I love to learn more than anything. Now you ask me do about music. I love to learn, learn how to learn. I'm at a conference every other week trying to learn. I'm in 25 different organizations because if I want to learn about something, I can learn about it in a week, joining an organization because organizations are filled with people who have been doing their thing for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, and they can't wait to put you on game. And now you know it. Then the next thing, you know, once you know, once you know if it's for you or not, now it's up to your hustle. And I take pride in my hustle because as a grown man, I attribute everything I am to my parents because they made me and my brother work like dogs when we were kids. And I used to hate it when I was a child, but I just give them all praises because as a grown man, I do not fear work. So I want it to be hard because I know everybody else is not going to do it. But I am. And I just love to learn new things, put them into my big ball of focus, and you end up becoming masterful at several things that help every part of your life. And that's why I'm having a ball right now. How how you see uh DJing uh you know presently? In what aspect? Uh, I, I think you mentioned back in the day that, you know, uh, you know, DJing back in the day, you know, people was, uh, you know, was dancing, they was partying, you know, mm -hmm. they was having a good time, you know, but now I don't see too, you know, I don't see too much of that. Yeah, it's changed. The paradigm right is shit, right? But if, you know, I could never probably DJ again because I knew that that time had passed for me, right? Because as you get older, the things you used to love, you kind of end up hating. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just happens. Or you, you become more mature and that, that atmosphere isn't for me now. But I still get to DJ because if we do an hour show, the first half, I'm DJing my old set in the 90s. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So there's still room for it, right? And I still can't do it. But for me as a DJ, I take the lessons that I learned and all the principles. And for me, the most important thing that DJ has did for, done for me is that I had a front row seat to humanity. Because I'm looking at 3,000 people in a big club and I'm driving the bus. And depending on what the, I do, you know, what their reaction depends on what I do. And 95% of the time that reaction is positive. So therefore, I've just acquired the ability to be able to do all those things, to be able to rock the party, to, to move the crowd, and just always, always be effective. Like people, I went to a conference, I mean, I'm part of the NSA, National Speakers Association because I'm a speaker and people are like, well, what do you speak about? And I'm like, well, I'm kind of ambidextrous. I can speak about anything. And they're like, well, you got to have something you speak about. And I'm like, well, 
and I have to explain them. It's kind of like DJing, right? When you're DJing, I go to work with three crates of records. We're talking back in the day, right? I go to I go with three crates of records. Now, I'm not playing the same records that I played the night before. I'm not playing, you know, I'm I'm looking at the crowd. I got to see what the crowd's doing. So if there's 500, 500 is different than 3,000. So I'm going to DJ differently for 500 people than I would for 3,000. You see what I'm saying? So for me, everything I do has to do with DJing because in a speaker thing, in a, you know, if I'm speaking, my records are PowerPoint slides, right? And how I switch those slides up and how I play them is how I rock that house to get my point across and to motivate people and to inspire them to be better in their lives. Same concept. So everything I do comes back to DJing, comes back to the essence of hip hop, right? And I'm just so proud of that, man. So it sounds like to me that, you know, you have taken the art of DJing and, you know, you're using it for, you know, the other hats, you know, that mm -hmm. you wear. Am I getting that correctly? I mean, it all is all, it's all relative. I'm an actor. So sometimes acting spills into voiceover, but then voiceover was a part of me DJing because I rocked the, I rocked the part, rocked the mic. But then rocking the mic is a part of my hip hop career because I am part of tag team. You see what I'm saying? They all mm -hmm. intertwine with each other. Now they're all mutually exclusive because DJing, you know, rocking the mic is not doing voiceover, right? I'm not gonna go try to sell a product and I'm not gonna do a trailer, you know, this week on NBC. I can't do, you know, the hype man this week on NBC. It's a difference. That's why radio DJs struggle with voiceover. I had to learn it. I had to get in the trenches and understand that these are two different things because my hubris as a young person led me to believe that I could whoop there it is my way through anything, but I was wrong. You have to put in the work, right? So I'll put in years worth of work and then one thing helps you with another. Voiceover helps me with acting. Acting helps me with voiceover. You see what I'm saying? Because the principles are kind of the same. And that's how you, I call it my big ball of focus. If it doesn't fit into my big ball of focus, I have to say no. I get opportunities thrown at me every day, but I have to say no to a lot because it doesn't fit in my big ball of focus, which is the quest for mastery. Now, I don't believe you can ever master anything, but you can be in the ballpark. And if you're in the ballpark, you're going to get that money. Right. And it's a way of thinking. It's the quest that keeps you successful. And I feel like I'm just starting because I'm learning. It's, it's a new world, especially after COVID. After COVID, it's a whole new world. And people still waiting for things to get back the way they used to be when it's like you got a fresh new plate. You better learn something new better figure it yeah. out because it's there I, for you. I don't think we ever going to get back to where we were before. Uh, and that's uh, okay. You got to grow, but people be stuck in their ways, man. And then yeah. people, people use that as a crutch to not do things and to be lazy and to steal and to whatever, right? And I just keep pushing. 
I plant seeds and keep it moving. And also, too, uh, I see a lot of distractions. Yeah. You know, there are probably people's way that, you know, that keep them from really focusing on what it is that they want, what is what they want to do, what, what they want to have. You know, and they just pretty much stay in their comfort zone. They don't want to do something different. You know, I always hear in order to get to where you need to go, you need to do something that you've never done. Hey, that's what it always is. And, mm -hmm. you know, people ask me all the time, how do you do all these new things to take on these new projects and do five things at once? And like, aren't you scared? I'm like, yeah, but you could be scared and keep it moving. Because, I mean, I was talking about this in a mastermind today. I was like, what some people see as scared, some people see as excitement. What some people see as excitement, some people see as anxiety. But any of those things that get your adrenaline up, once you jump into them, you, you're, you're thinking, I can't believe I was tripping on that. Because you kept it moving. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, a stationary car right a stationary vehicle is harder to move than a vehicle that's moving if the car already moving is hard if, if the car is already moving it's easy to move it just move along with it and people don't get that people people get stuck right because they're not thinking about solutions they're only thinking about the problems so that's the classic thing where it's the, you, either you're going to look at the glass half full or the glass half empty. I choose to look at the glass half full because there's always a good side to it. And I look at the glass and I look at the glass half empty because there's clues in negativity. People always say, keep negative people away from you. I'm like, nah, you want them as close to you as possible because they're... There's always positivity and negativity. There's always two sides of one thing. If they throw me into the bizarro world, I know how to adapt because I can switch and be positive and flourish in the bizarro world. Right? Because a lot of people are living in a backwards world right now. You know what I'm saying? And they don't know how to deal with it. So they become what they think this world is as opposed to switching their brain, thinking differently, and then flourishing. Uh, before we uh before we get into uh before we get into some uh some you know topics here that uh uh that you know you would like to share uh, for the listening audience I want to uh talk about a little bit of the hats that uh you wear um Besides being an expert in the music industry, uh, you also engage in acting, voiceover, as well as well-versed in uh, SEO, which is of course search engine optimization, mm -hmm. public relations, marketing, mm -hmm. social media, fashion and photography, and as well as a motivational speaker. Mm -hmm. um, DC Glenn is also an actor and voice artist with the People Store Agency in Atlanta. And also recently, um, you was featured in um, 
one of the most profound uh, commercials in the country, uh, uh, a Geico commercial. Mm. Uh, how did that come about? Puzzle, right? That comes about because in 2011, I couldn't take advantage of an opportunity because I couldn't be found, right? The world thought that Barack Obama was in our video. So we did press for like two weeks and I was mad because at the end of that two weeks, I had no money in my pocket. And I had to figure out why. And when those traumatic events happened in my life, I vowed that that will never happen again. And I will get the knowledge. I will learn what I got to learn to not let that happen again. And that's what started my SEO career, the ability to be on the first page of Google, to be able to understand what Google does, understand Google's algorithms, understand digital marketing, understand social media, build websites. How do they relate? How do you get in front of the people that can pay you? And fast forward 2020, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I get a call from my agent at the people store, Miss Lena. She's like, DC, you bought the Geico commercial. I'm like, don't tag me, Lena. I haven't even auditioned for a Geico commercial. She's like, no, DC, tag team. I was like, oh, go check the tag team phone. There's the message. They didn't wait for me to call them back. They went and found me because I could be found. They went to my IMDB page. My IMD profiles filled out. They called my agent for acting. I let my agent make that deal because I don't got to get lawyers. I don't got to even be involved. I let my agent do it. And it is the biggest, most lucrative deal I have ever done in my life. That's what SEO did for me. Right? And I don't care what nobody say. If I don't do SEO, they don't find me. They might have had five groups lined up to do a, a different Geico commercial, but they found me. Once they found me, my thing is always take one opportunity, turn it into 10. We're in the middle of a pandemic. We can't even go do shows. Usually you get a Geico commercial, you blow up. Can't blow up because we're in a pandemic. I'm like, let me get a publicist so I can blow up my acting and just get out there and let people know. All the publicists were like, well, we're in a pandemic. We don't know what to do. I was like, you know what? I'm going to be my own damn publicist. I joined, that's, what, that's why I joined organizations. I joined the Public Relations Society of America. Two days and in, awesome. Super Bowl week. You see what I'm saying? Super Bowl week. I'm on this big Zoom call with the CEO. I'm like, a press release is relevant. She's like, what's it for? I'm like, well, kind of featured in a Geico commercial called Scoop. There it is. I'm looking at the chat. Wait a minute. What's he doing here? My mama, my mama, my mama love that commercial. My daddy love that commercial. Now the whole chat is about me because I'm DC from Tag Team and I got a Geico commercial. And the CEO's like, yes, that commercial is going to work. I mean, that press release is going to work because the whole last year has been about COVID. And the whole last year has been political. And here you guys come spinning scoops and throwing smile, throwing sprinkles and DC a smile. You're going to go here for all the publicists, here for all TV talk show hosts, here for all of the, um, you know, press. You're going to go here for all the podcasters. She gave me the entire breath of her experience in 10 minutes. And it has changed my life forever. And it is the reason that you and I are talking right now. You know, and it's funny because uh, you brought a little bit of, uh you know, nostalgia, you, you know, in that commercial, you know, and that really got people, you know, talking, oh, I, you know, I remember, you know, the the song, 
you know, you know, that tag team, you know, you know, did back in the day. It is it was like a really uh, a breath of fresh air from all the negativity, you know, that we've been yes. you know experiencing over the years. Uh, that's what we've uh, always been. Coronavirus pandemic that was always in the Always and forever, it will always be about the party. That's it. We keep it simple. Last night, the we we're on the Mass Singer that aired last night. That's another shot in the arm, right? You keep creating relevance. And I just I dropped another press release today. Now people are calling my phone because they might not have seen the Mass Singer, but they saw that headline that we were on the Mass Singer. That means something. Oh yeah, I uh, I watch that show frequently. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, and I'd be like, you know, playing along with them. You know who this person is. You know yeah. who that person is. You know, and you know, and nine times out of ten, you know, I never get it right. And last night was nineties night. That's why they bought. They they called us. We did that three months ago. On, and and they called us on a Thursday. We were there taping it on a Saturday. And we're never home on the weekends. We're always doing shows. You see what I'm saying? But they call me. How do they know to call me? Because I can be found. Right? If you need a 90s group, you can find me. If I was a plumber, if you need a plumber, you'll be able to find me. I know SEO. What else is there? but the ability to get in front of the people who can pay you. Everybody's like, you got to make TikTok videos. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do this. I'm like, no, you don't. I don't need 100,000 people to like me. I just need 100 people to pay me. Practice. Yeah, I, right. And, you know, that's the thing that's, that's kind of, uh, don't sit right with me because, uh, you know, you, you have all these social media influencers and they have, you know, hundreds of thousands, you know, millions of followers. Like for uh, example, I, you know, did an interview with a guy who who says that he has nearly 2 million, uh, mm -hmm. you know, TikTok followers. So I will, I mean, well, you know, to, you know, to each his own, uh, obviously that you have, you know, uh, a formula that's definitely you know working for you but that, uh, they're young they're gonna do stupid stuff on camera and and everybody that is just as ignorant as them is gonna love it right and mm -hmm. that's the way it go but there's always another way that's what people don't understand right there is nobody bigger than google period so Google gives you the recipe. Google says, this is how you need to do this platform. This is how you need to do this. This is how you do that. Most people don't listen because they don't, they don't know how. And Google gives me the recipe. Google is a robot. Google's not in this feelings. The algorithm doesn't like me. Google's a robot. And Google gives you the recipe. So what you're going to do? You're going to be a five-star Michelin chef or you're going to be a short order cook. That's the difference. So... I have dedicated the last 12 years of my life to learning SEO, and now I am masterful at it. I can put myself in front of the people who can pay me. And that's how you keep your relevance alive. 
because if I have a TV performance, I can amplify that a hundred times over. Now, opportunities are falling to me out the sky. It might not come to me today or tomorrow. It might come to me a year from now. But the whole point is to plant the seeds and let them grow. And the other point is I don't expect anything. I just hustle. There is no quit pro quo. I don't plant a seed, sit down, be like, okay, seed, I need you to grow. Come on, seed, grow. Man, this seed don't grow. This seed don't even work. I quit. How many people we know like that? Oh, Most. You see what I'm saying? Because everybody's expecting something. First thing I tell people, ain't nobody going to give you nothing. Ever. You got to go take it. And it is there for you because if somebody else knows something, what, my brain don't work as good as their brain? It's about the hustle. How can I go hustle and find out what they know? It's out there. But people don't want to do that because it requires work. It requires sacrifice. It requires pain. It requires frustration. But all those negative connotations can be turned into positive energy because when you achieve something, all that stuff disappears. Then you go into the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And you're always getting better. Life isn't passing you by. You're not deteriorating. I'm watching people deteriorate because they don't want to learn something new. That's just unacceptable to me. You get one life. And the choices you make dictate what happens in that life. And I'm going to ride this thing to the wheels fall off. That's just me. I can't be no other way, my brother. So you, you pretty much hit the head, the nail on the head with, uh, you know, some of the things that, uh, you know, wanted you to uh, talk about to the audience. Like, for example, the tenacity it takes to fight your way back to success mm. or never quitting and realizing all of your dreams. Yeah. Because I don't, you know, you can't see them as failures. You just see them as attempts. I attempted to do this once. I attempted to do, I'm going to keep on trying. I became a licensed commodities broker, right? I said, let me go in here and pass this test, fail this. I could take it three times. Let me go fail it once just so I can see what's on the test. Once I saw what was on the test, then I knew how to study for it. I passed the second time. That's learn how to learn. You see what I'm saying? There's mm -hmm. no right way or wrong way to do stuff. If they make a new tax law, I'm not going to be pissed off that they made a new tax law. I'm going to understand that they made that tax law for a reason. Who is that tax law going to benefit? Oh, well, let me adapt my company to benefit from that tax law instead of being pissed off about it. Like, ain't nobody going to give you nothing. They don't teach us that. They're not supposed to teach you. Who said they were supposed to teach us anything? And if they tried to teach you, you wouldn't listen anyway. Because you think you know everything and don't know nothing. We know a lot of people like that too, right? <laughs> I mean, you, you understand what I'm saying. You see what I'm saying? So it's like I choose to hustle. I keep my head down. Any negativity that comes in my way or any criticism, I don't react to it. I'm thinking, 
this dude is full of it but what if what he was saying about me was true what would I do about it there lies the nugget right there lies the positive aspect within all of that negativity and then you put that in your toolbox and it makes you a better person and you keep it moving so I keep people I keep negative people around me what if negative people are some of the people that you love most in the world you better figure out how to adapt to it you better learn how to use their negativity as your motivation right everybody goes through we all go through it and people people are not I wouldn't say people are hating they just don't know and they only know what they know but I always try to find the nuggets in negativity because nobody else is even thinking like that. And all I do is think solutions. I love when people come to me with problems and complaining. Because I'm like, I ask them one question, well, what's the solution? What? What's the solution? They ain't even thinking about it because they wallowing in the misery of their problems. And I said, I'll, I could tell you the solution for you. Because that's all I do is think solutions. And then I put that in my toolbox and now I have a tool shed which turns into a, not Home Depot yet, I would say Ace Hardware. Now, anything that happens in my life, I got a tool to fix it. Because I put together a lifetime of tools that help me, that are practical, that come from negativity and are turned into positive. Positive, just move, positive motion forward. So, I that's just how I feel, Okay. People can say, man, you, you know, you positive, you pie in the sky, but there's a reality to it. There sure is. Your reality is your reality. I can only control what I do. I can't control what nobody else do. I control what I do, though. And this is my motto. I am not going to lose to me. Ever. How many people, you know, lose to themselves? Because they give up. Because they're all over the place. I am not going to lose to me. I'm going to put in the work. I'm going to do what needs to be done. Now, I might miss some things. I might lose to somebody else. But it's still going to make me better. But I'm definitely not going to lose to me. You got me up here, T.D. Jackson. <laughs> but it's real, man. I'm out here hustling, man. And I'm trying to, tell, I'm trying to help people, give them practical solutions. And if there's, if that's why I do two or three podcasts a day, because if all I'm trying to do is talk to people about the things I wish someone had talked to me about when I was a young man. And if I could change somebody's life who's 21, 22, or even 15 or 12, it's worth it, man. I don't need no money for this because I get what I want first. Simple. And I'm quite uh, based on, you know, what you have mentioned to the audience uh, so far is that uh, you are definitely an expert in, in taking tragedy, you know, and pain, you know, and make it work, you know, for you, such as uh, uh, the contract that you have, uh, you know, signed, you know, back in the day. Yep. We're going to 15 year legal battle. But if you look at the glass half empty or half full, it basically became a paralegal. I know I'm going to get my day in court, so you better learn what they're talking about so you can understand what they're doing to you. 
That's why I became a licensed commodity broker because I was not going to get beat out of my money ever again. So I didn't know what I was going to do, but I kind of settled on commodities broker. But then realized it wasn't for me, but I learned about finance. Two, year 2000, I listened to CNBC, didn't know nothing they was talking about. Year 2002, I knew everything they was talking about. You got to learn, man. Learn how to learn. Once you learn the vocabulary, everything else is easy. Now you get to put your creativity to it. Mm-hmm. If you understand what they're talking about, now you can put your creativity to it. Now it's a whole, you put the street game to it. Street game to it. I get to take it, put the street game to it, then bring it back to the street game, make the street game better for some. And yet you took that tragedy and you end up wanting, uh, you end up having, you know, one of the biggest records in the music industry. In the history of recorded music. And Nobody don't know. Nobody knows who I am because of how I carry myself. I get to live my life, and when I want to turn it on, I can turn it on. But for me, there's just more to life than that. My father taught me that at a young age, and I listened. And it's like you can't chase it, and that's what happens to artists. They chase it, then they turn to drugs, and then they just fall off, or then they become old and bitter. And I was not gonna become an old and bitter rapper. I was gonna fight. Right. And today we get to go sing that song every weekend for a whole bunch of money. We get to do television appearances for a bunch of money. We get a royalty check because we fought and we prevailed. Now we don't get what we want, but the fact that we getting money after 30 years and I make a good living and we'll always get that money. That's what I try to teach people. They'd be like, DC man, put me in the game. I'm like, all right, read this book. 99% of them don't read the book, but the ones that do come back like, I got it, but I still don't kind of understand. I'd be like, let me explain it to you. Now I explain it to them. They're like, I still don't understand. I was like, look, man, I have full confidence that you won't get taken advantage of in the music industry because I've given you the back end first. The money, the clothes, the women, all that stuff, that's the front end. But the back end is what do you have when all that fades? The only thing you've got left is your rights or nothing because somebody else beat you out of it. So now that you've read that book, I have full confidence that that will never happen to you. So even if you have a mediocre record, you can live off and eat off of that record forever if you hustle it. Because you own the rights to it. I mean, you can put it in a commercial. You can put it in a movie. You can, you can make that entity something that last the test of time and that's what i did Whoop! there it is because i realized when i'm sitting in a movie theater looking at elf in 2003 and i didn't even know about it and i'm pissed off but then i put it to the back of my mind and i said dude you're tripping i said you got a forever hit record i said will ferrell is dancing on the table to elf this record is gonna last forever because this is a christmas movie it is a blockbuster christmas movie it is going to last forever, like Miracle on 42nd Street, like all the Christmas movies that we watched when we were little kids, all the claymation stuff, Elf, and Whoop, there it is, will be there forever. Now it's up to you to go get your money. And that's what I did, a hustle, because ain't nobody going to give you nothing. So you better figure out how to go get your money off of every opportunity, even if you don't get paid for it. 
And that is a hard pill to swallow. But you know, the opposite of that, uh, the opposite of that, uh, what you see as those, you know, type of people, you know, who not listening, who's not doing the hustle, who not putting in the work, would you consider them to be have a like a entitled mentality? Mm-mm. It's, a, it's all over the place. Some people lazy, some people stubborn, some people prideful. I've watched pride kill a lot of people, especially black men. Black men's pride don't let them go to the doctor. I don't need to go physical. I'm good. I feel good. Yeah, ain't nothing wrong with me. Yeah, you won't. By the time you feel what is wrong with you, it's too late. I'm constantly watching my health because the health is all you got. I watch pride kill people because they are so busy trying to be right. And I love being wrong because being wrong is the path to being right. And the fact that you can admit it, even though it kills you inside, you have now sequestered your ego and killed your pride. And now every possibility of your mind is open. Your mind is open to every possibility and now you flourish because you're not stuck in your ways and double down and triple down on something that you know in your heart ain't true. Right? How many, how many people we see do that? You know, a whole lot, you know, and I have, a, I have a, I have a turn. I have a turn for that too. I called it uh-huh. a, I called it a blind reality. That's yeah. why I called it a blind reality and it becomes a denied reality when you know i mean you know you wrong uh the truth comes out and you still you still like still like i just eat it i was like you know what you was right yep you was right no excuses i'm wrong and i eat it i go in the corner i lick my wounds but 10 minutes later all that negativity turns into positive energy because I didn't react. But other people, they'll argue you down and they'll go down that rabbit hole of untruth and now they're truly lost. Because that is their way to truth, is to win arguments. And I'll be arguing with people. I'll just be like, hey man, stay over there and keep thinking that bull. I'm going to go and figure out what I, I, I have common sense and I'm going to figure out what it is for real. And if I'm wrong, I'll admit that I'm wrong. And I will fix it and become better. Right? People are like, well, you do this, this, that, and that. I was like, you know what? Okay. You're right. I'll get better. I'll be better. You're not going to worry about, you won't have to worry about that with me no more. I'll be better. I'll make myself better. And even though that kills me inside, you know, I killed my pride. Pride is not a factor in it. It's not a factor in my decision. And believe me, everything I'm saying is easier said than done. But if you don't react to it, it kind of dissipates. Poof. But when you react to it, it festers. And you're always thinking about it. And that's why I do these podcasts too, because I have to check myself. I'm in a mastermind, 50 people, and it's irritating. Because I feel I am in college and they're in sixth grade, but then I'm wrong. Because these are successful people. But all these successful people are stuck for one reason or the other. 
And I know why a lot of them are stuck because I have skills that they don't have, but then they have skills I don't have. So why aren't we hustling with each other, right? But that is a practice in humility and it is a practice in listening because everything ain't about you, DC. And like I said, I have to check myself. It happens, man. We human. What, what does res what does resurrection mean to you? Never quit. I mean, sometimes you're gonna be broke. Sometimes you're not gonna feel good. Sometimes you can't figure it out. But if you never quit, you eventually get through it. I don't quit ever. Ever. And the pandemic taught me that there are no mistakes, there are no missed opportunities because you can go back and correct all of it. Perfect example, we did a record with Mickey Mouse. I taught the voices of Mickey, Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse how to rap in 1994. They taught me about voiceover. I'm in the bowels of Disney. We're recording this record. And they're like, you'd be a natural at voiceover. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, whatever. But I'm whoop, there it is. So I ain't even studying them. And I beat myself up for years because I was there. And my hubris as a young man couldn't see it because I was blinded to all my bull crap. Right? And I was just young. Then, 1996, my manager is friends with the president of New Line Cinema, brand new company. And we're in the office talking, and he's like, yeah, I think I might want to cast you for this new movie. It's, it's uh, Wesley Snipes and L.O. Cool J are fighting for the lead. I think that might have a part for you. It's a vampire movie called Blade. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. talk to my manager. I beat myself up for years because I was there. But then my Aunt Judy tells me this. She said, baby, sometimes in life, we just not ready. And I've always remembered that. And now I am a voice artist. I am a actor. Just wasn't ready. And now I'm in TV shows, movies, national TV, national campaigns for, for products, voiceover, all of that on a professional level. And now I can do that the rest of my life. So there are no mistakes. There are no mistakes. Now, I'm not going to go trial for the Denver Broncos being 50-something. But, you know what I'm saying? As long as you breathe and there ain't nothing on this earth you can't do. It's about your hustle. It's about, it's about how you learn about it. How do you go get it? And I choose to hustle. I'm going to learn whatever I got to learn. Right, I'm gonna use whatever tactics I can use. Like this right here. I write down everything that I can think of in notebook after notebook after notebook because my ass is old and I'll forget. <laughs> but most people's pride can't let them see that they can't remember the things that they're supposed to do. So now there's they're always chasing their tail. 
because there's something that they should have done years ago that they didn't do when they could have written it down and got it done. Tactics, right? It's 15 things I need to get done. But I've had a good day because I've got 30 things done today. So I got those 15 things done that I didn't do today written down, and those are the first things I'm going to do tomorrow. So every day is fruitful. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Learn how to learn. It ain't enough to just learn. You got to figure out different ways to learn and keep stuff inside. Every acting class, voiceover class, everything I do, mastermind, I record it. Because you cannot remember hours worth of material. I don't care who you are. Beginning of the pandemic, I was like everybody else. What the hell am I going to do? Can't do shows. Can't do this. Can't do that. But I can rock this microphone. Lucky for me, I record everything. So I recorded all my voiceover classes from 1980, 1919, no, 2009 to now. Just record them. Never listened to them. Just had them on the computer. I said, let me go archive all these, put them in order, organized everything, and listen to my first voiceover class. And it was heartbreaking because I had to listen to myself 10 years ago talk. And I thought it was my voiceover coaches that they weren't teaching me right when I realized it was me. I was wrong. I said, but you know what? I listened. I was like, no, I know what they're talking about because I'm an actor. Actor can help voiceover. Voiceover helps acting. DJing helps this. This helps that. Everybody told me when I was young, you're a jack of all trades, master of none. But if you live long enough, learn how to learn and hustle, you become masterful at all those trades and they come back to serve you in ways you can never possibly imagine. And now you are truly ambidextrous in life because there's nothing you can't do. And I did that first voiceover over and it was purely angelic and it was just beautiful. And I realized that that was the first time I had mastery over my voice. And then I started booking like crazy because that was COVID and that was my voice. We're all in this together, COVID. That's what that voice was. And I was perfect for it. Then I started doing, I did my first movie. I ain't start acting until 2017. Start voiceover, I'm doing movies during the pandemic. And then here come Geico. Right, I've been on P Valley Dynasty. I've got credits as far as the eye can see for all kind of things. That's why I love my life because I get to do a whole bunch of stuff a little bit, so it never becomes a job, but it always makes me money. So I have several streams of income. So all that jack of all trades stuff that everybody tells you about, you master all that stuff, you always getting money. You got to say no to a lot of stuff because you can only do one thing at one time. Like right now, I got to go get this tag team money because it's good. But if it dries up, then I can go back to acting. I can go to voiceover. I can do SEO. I can do so many different things. But they all work together. So my one eye, this, uh, is hustle. So yeah. one day I uh, pulled up the, uh, the actual price release in regards to uh, that guy called commercial. Uh, I want to read it to the audience. Uh, <laughs> it was dated February 4th, 2021. Yep. Uh, the yep. new tag team Geico commercial is the brand's most seen ad in America right now. 
the Martin Agency Ad Week's 2020 U.S. Agency of the Year and Tag Team Creators of the 90s Multi-Platinum's smash hit, Woot, there it is, join forces for another ultra-memorable Geico commercial. This is the second time Geico and Tag Team have worked together. And I do want to point out that this commercial had went on live on December 26, 2020, and has already become a favorite in the advertising world. It was named the Real Ad of the Week by Real 360 after a few days on air. And uh, uh, TV stations, uh, networks, cable, whatever, they played the hell out of this commercial. And that press release was the very press release I was talking to the lady about, the PRSA. That press release I dropped on a Wednesday. I get a call Thursday from the Dan Patrick show. They're like, we got to have tag team on. We're on We're on the Dan Patrick show on Friday, national television, talking about Tom Brady and strip clubs. I asked the producer, how'd you, how'd you pick us? I asked everybody that. He said, we saw the press release. What? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That is the span of four days. You see what I'm saying? I wrote that press release. I write all my press releases, then I get people to edit them. I'll get three writers to edit them. I come up with three different versions. I use them for three different things. I wrote the one for the Mass Singer, dropped it today. And it's going bananas. Because everybody's not going to look at the Mass Singer, but people's going to look on their look on their phones and they're going to see Yahoo and they're going to see Tag Team puts on a stellar performance on the 100th episode of The Masked Singer. And then there's a whole, because see, press releases are Trojan horses for me. So I get to get, I only do it when I do it, get a headline. So I get to talk about me, tag team, my acting, my, my, um, anything I want to talk about that I want to bring to the world, I get to put out in the universe because AP is going to pick it up. There's millions of people that saw me on television last night. Now there's going to be millions more who see those headlines. When they see, though, you don't know who is looking, and somebody might call and say, DC, I got a movie role for you. Here's a half a million dollars if you want it. Now, I don't expect anything. No, There's no quid pro quo. But I'm going to plant them seeds. And when you plant seeds, what I know from my great-uncle Harden being a farmer, and my granddaddy being a farmer, and me coming from a family of farmers, there is always going to be a harvest. Some years are going to be bananas, just greater than ever, but some years it's going to be kind of slim. But there's always going to be some food because you know how to grow seed. Some of them times it's out of your control. It might be a tornado come through, ruin the whole crop. But you're going to get something out of it, and you're going to come back next year, and you're going to plant those seeds again. And you don't know how those seeds are going to come back and how good that fruit's going to be two, three years from now. So that's why I do this. And then press releases aren't just for press. Press releases are for SEO. I get to put statements that I get to use to give me authority with Google in those press releases. Then when Google crawls those press releases and sees all that stuff, Google goes out and looks at what the mass singer done. I'm in I'm the subject of E Entertainment Weekly. 
I get to use that article and use it to my advantage in SEO to give me more authority on Google to get in front of the people who can pay me. So me being on TV has nothing to do with me being on TV. It is take is the opportunity to take one opportunity and turn it into 10. Uh, one of the things that uh, have not been discussed is uh, what was your relationship with uh, uh, Steve Rowan? Oh, that's my brother. Man, we come from a community of friends. We all family. So you don't even need to talk about that. <laughs> Me and him is... That's my brother. So we do everything together. He live on the other side of town, so we rarely see each other, but we see each other every weekend. So it works. It's cool because everybody used to see me. I never would have to go see anybody, but everybody come see me because they would always come to the club and that'd be our honeycomb hideout. So you come to the club and in in the midst of a good time, it was always a party. And being a DJ booth with me, and we just kept everything. We've always been friends. We bring people from out of town, people that went to high school with me, people went to college with me. They always knew they could find me at a club. Now it's a little bit different, and I do miss it. But that's why I go to conventions. I just got back from the Grant Writers Association, met a bunch of beautiful people. I go to these conferences, and I meet people, and I become lifelong friends with them, and these people teach me the game. I went to a grant writers conference to learn about how grants work, end up meeting a funder who gives out more money than anybody in that grant conference. And she gave me the game. I left the conference early because there was nothing more I could have learned. And now I have an ally. So when I want to do what I need to do, I have funding or I have a way or someone who I can talk to who deals with gazillions and gazillions of dollars from philanthropists, the government, everybody, and come up with ways to do things that nobody else can even think of. There was, that luncheon had 80 tables. I sat down at table 44. What are the odds of one of the, 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 the board, one of the persons of the board sitting down eating lunch with me finding out that I am who I am, and then we coming up with a master plan to go get me this paper. All from joining an organization because I wanted to learn about grants to help somebody else and end up helping myself and my cause. Join an organization, man. I join organizations so I can pay to perform in front of all the buyers. I'm in an organization called IEBA, International Entertainment Buyers Association. Those are the people who put on concerts. They're from all over the world, 5,000 people strong. We performed in front of them. I had to pay. I got that money back the next day with one show. Now that's just going to, and those shows might, and we've been getting shows ever since, but those shows might not come for another year, another two years. But the fact that they, I got to audition in front of people who can pay me I'm going to get paid. I'm going to do it in front of the television executives. I'm in that organization. I'm in, I'm in the college organizations where the, the, the college, uh, NACA, National Association of College uh, Activities, NSA, Georgia. I'm in local chapters and the national chapters, right? 
I'm in the editorial freelancers uh, writing organization because I was looking for writers, but end up being in that organization. Now I'm friends with journalists. You see what I'm saying? It's about relationships. It's about getting with the people who can teach you something. And people are like, well, they don't teach you. Yeah, you can go join an organization for two, three hundred dollars. And if you ain't got the money, call every number in that organization and act like you're going to join that organization. And while they are pitching you, they are teaching you. Then it's up to your hustle. There's... You're really dropping some knowledge here. Think about it, man. It's just practical. Everything I'm saying is everything I'm saying can be done by anyone. But it's so different that people think, man, I don't, I don't know about that. Don't I got to do this? Don't I got to do that? I just told you what you could do, what you could do. Pick up the phone and call them and say, why should I join your organization? And they'll tell you. I put people in. I have a friend. She wanted to. I want to do a laundromat. All right. I'm going to put you in this organization, Coin Laundry Association of America. I end up learning everything about it. But then once you learn everything about it, it's up to your hustle. Another friend, she wanted to do a notary. I put her in a notary writer. I put her in a uh, uh, notary, National Notary Association. They have all the resources. They have all the people who've been notaries for 30, 40 years. And you can't come up off of that? When somebody give you the game? That's your hustle. Your hustle ain't there. Ain't nothing I can do for you. So when I put people in organizations, I learn everything that they should be learning to try to help them. But at least I know it. And then that comes in handy. If I ever want to have a side business doing that, all I got to do is set up. A, all I got to do is set up a website because I know SEO. Hire some people. They work for me. They do the notary. Make them learn how to do it, and now I got another business on the side that's making money. Now, that doesn't fit my big ball of focus because I'm trying to get chunks. You get chunks by doing commercials, being on TV, concerts, touring. That's my thing. That's what I love. So, I mean, there's so many. There's a, or anything that there is. There is an organization for it. Podcasters organization. Tons of those. I've learned from those. I'm what they call an expert guest. Because I chose to flip on the other side and just run my mouth. But because I do three, four podcasts a day, that has turned into a motivational speaking degree because I'm so cold with the tongue. Now, I learn more from talking. All this stuff is practical stuff, but it had to be hashed out. It had to be talked about. Sometimes, let me tell you something. I don't got three, four ideas just talking tonight. So thank you for letting me come on your podcast and run my damn mouth because you learn more from talking about it, right? I can tell by your silence that the nuggets are just falling out of the sky on people. But that's because I do this. And these are practical solutions and you don't have to do all of them. Just take one. Join an organization that you want to be some, if there's something you want to do, if you're an automotive person or if you're thinking about you want to be a nurse or join an organization, they got the resources. They can take you from A to Z quickly. 
You still got to go A to Z, but you ain't got to take a year to go A to Z. You could do it in two weeks. Then the hustle's up to you. And then you, you piece that with something else. I mean, virtual assistants. There's so many organizations you could be in that you work from home. Join an organization, come up. It has helped me in ways I can't even, it has helped me in ways that are going to help me years from now. Me doing podcasts, I don't got to go to Comic-Con for podcasts. I get invited to do all kinds of stuff because of podcasts. I got two new financial advisors because of podcasts. I rarely do a podcast on music. It is all about whatever. We just get to talking. And I get to spit in this game. And then things happen. And people learn. And don't get me wrong, all this is easier said than done, but I'm learning as we speak now. That's why I'm so that's why I'm so animated. Cause I'm learning. My mind's going 100 miles a minute about the things that I got to do, what I'm going to do, how I'm going to do it, all while I'm talking to you and giving you practical solutions to add to your hustle to elevate everybody. But if people like, if people think somebody's going to give them something, I can't help you. Because all I can control ever is what I do. Hey, man, I got to get up off of here, man. I'm past my bedtime. I'm old. <laughs> well, we, uh, no, um, I, I think that will pretty much wrap it up. Um, one of the things that we uh, do here is we ask the guests, um, do they have any last words, you know, that they want to say before we close out? Oh, by the way, uh, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how they can get in touch with you? So, my name is DC Glenn. Type it in, you're going to find me. It's that. The ability to be found. I ain't about to tell nobody no social media. Type in DC Glenn, you're going to find me. Of the platform of your choice. Because I made it that way. You see what I'm saying? That is what you have to do. You have to be found. I can be found in a way where if you need me for voiceover, you're going to find me that way. If you need me for acting, you're going to find me that way. If you need me for tag team, you're going to find me that way. You need me for SEO, you're going to find me that way. If you need me for this, you need me for that, you need me for that. You're going to find me. You type in tag team. You type in wound, there it is. You type in anything that got to do with me, you're going to find me. And, and, uh, and you know, I, I want to... Uh... I want to vouch for that because, uh, you know, when I was looking for guests, you know, on a podcast and I typed in your name, you know how many uh, entries there are in Google alone, you know, yeah. when I type in your name, it is, that it is ridiculous, you know, it is absolutely, uh, it is absolutely mind boggling of all the entries that, you know, I came up with. Yeah, you know, after I typed in your name, because I do podcasts every day, and I'm gonna send you some information so you can put my name in the title, or put something about me somewhere in the in 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 the podcast because most podcasters aggregate to other platforms, so 
at its best, I'm on Spotify, I'm on iHeartRadio, I'm on all these platforms and Google Crawls, and they pull all up under my name. And now you see a list of podcasts that are is go page after page after page after page after page. Not including. Yeah, that reminds me. Uh, I'm I my uh, my podcast is featured on all of those exactly uh, platforms that you just mentioned. So if you know tomorrow I upload this to you know Facebook or or mm-hmm. YouTube or Instagram or or Anchor or whatever. And in the you title, know, so it's, you're gonna have it in the description somewhere. You're gonna have Woomp there. You're gonna have something about me that when mm-hmm. Google snatches it, because I have such authority out there, it's gonna bring everything else out there and put it all together in synergy. And now it knows where to put it. That doesn't happen if I don't do SEO. You see what I'm saying? Everything mm-hmm. I do has six different reasons for doing it. Me doing the press releases. The fact that you found that first press release, press releases disappear. But because I know SEO, every press release I got out there has stuck. We're talking thousands of backlinks back to me. Because I can show you the list of how every podcast gets on. I'm talking AP, New York Times, Wall Street Journal. Even though it's a press release, it sticks. So now the things that I put in a press release, I could take those and block quote them, put them as references and write Wikipedia pages. Now everything can be verified. You see what I'm saying? I could do 10 different things with this podcast that all serve me in a way that elevates me and makes me easier to be found to the masses. So that's what it's all about. And I I just urge people to, I try to help people, but it ain't for everybody. That's the thing. This ain't for everybody because this requires sacrifice. It really does. It requires having to say no. I've done everything. I've balled to the hardest, to the hot. I've been a DJ at the biggest clubs in, in Atlanta. I'm good. I'm good. But I'm just starting out on all this other stuff. I mean, it's just I'm I'm having I'm having the time of my life, man. And with that, I bid everybody a good night, good evening. Thank you for having me. And if there's one word I leave you with, hustle. Just hustle and figure it out. Learn how to learn. Join them organizations. They'll teach you. I'm telling you, don't cost you nothing. And they give you the game. So thank you, thank man. I'm you out. So much. Appreciate it. Thank you, you so it. much. And we're going to end here. And yeah. uh appreciate uh you guys, everyone joining in. And we're gonna leave on that note. Everybody take care. Have a great, have a great evening. Peace. The views expressed on this program are those of the guests and not necessarily the views of management and staff of OBS Radio, OBS International, and Greater Works Business Services. Guests who appear on this podcast are not required to pay a fee and is made possible by RadioGuestList.com. For more information, 
please visit our website at www.obsintl.cf. Follow OBS on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash broadcast section. If you want to contribute financially to help us continue broadcasting, please go to paypal.me.obsintl. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next time. This is OBS Radio, a service of OBS International, a division of Greater Works Business Services.